to Harvest Australia podcast. We trust you will be blessed by this message from Senior Leader Marty Manuel. Let me pray before I start raving, hey? <laughs> Lord, we just thank you for your goodness. We thank you that you're here with us by your spirit. And we pray, Lord Jesus, that you would speak to us this morning, that you would have me say every word that you want said and nothing you don't want said. Lord, that you would be honored in this house. Lord, we pray blessing upon our city and upon our nation. Lord, we pray protection over our politicians. We pray protection over our communities. And Lord, we pray that you would have your way, that no weapon formed against you and the church and us would be able to stand because of the power and the love of Jesus Christ. Amen. Just before I get started, you know, it's, it is a time we've got to be on guard, right? And politically, we want to be making sure we're signing petitions and actively pursuing righteousness, letting our local uh, MPs, local uh, representatives know that we want marriage to be uh, one man, one woman, and we'd love the plebiscite because it seems overwhelmingly that Australia would actually vote in favour of keeping marriage the same way it is now. Uh, despite what they say on the project and all the Q&A and all this rubbish. But, you know, I mean, it just does your head in and I won't keep going because I'll swear or something. Um, I'll say that to tonight, you know. But, uh, you know, but it, we've got to stand up, we've got to have a voice and we've got to let these guys know that it's not okay. And um, so, you know, do whatever you can to get... Uh, your voice heard, whether it's just liking the Australian Christian lobby, they're fantastic, or whatever it is, just just what even those little bits that we can do, Sarage, uh, sign the Facebook marriage petition or, uh, you know, all these little things, they make a difference because uh, politicians know that social media is very, very powerful. And so, but also be praying, be praying that God would have his way irrespective of what anyone else says because there's so many agendas and there's so many winds blowing, uh, but we need righteousness in this nation, don't we? And so, yeah, don't be shy. If there's any time to not be shy, it's now. It's now. Write, write in, let them know because uh, they have to listen to our voice. They have to listen to our voice. They are there because of us. They're employed by you. We're not employed by them. And so um, it's powerful. We have a voice. Um, yeah, that's enough on that. Um, today I want to, I wanna, I've sort of titled it His Affection for You. And um, it's a nice title, isn't it? So I hope this can be a fairly uplifting um, day and, uh, you know, not too controversial. But, you know, I always find myself digging myself into a hole somehow. But, you know, the crows have finished for the season, so we can't go there. Uh, swans are in, that's good. Um, but, you know, everything else is sort of, well, we'll see how we go. Okay, John 3.16, you can't really go wrong with John 3.16. Most of you know it, and um, most of us have even then read into John 3.17 from time to time, but that's really where I want to start today. I'll read 16 just because we know it and then go into 17. It says, For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only Son, so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. It's very hard 
to even at times like this, even politically, to keep in mind that actually Jesus loves Australia. He loves the world. He loves humans. He loves what he created. And his desire is not judgment. His desire is love and grace. Judgment is the end game if people reject him and if we don't actually believe and confess that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. But his desire, as the words of Jesus here, actually said that he actually came so that he might save us. And so then we get a little bit of a snapshot into the heart of the Father, don't we? The heart of the Father isn't to punish. It isn't to squash and bring down and put down and judge and condemn. But it's actually to raise us up into fresh new life as believers in Jesus Christ. I look at some guys in the world, guys being guys and girls, you know, men and women. I look at some people out in the world and I just look at them and I think they are so charismatic. They are so gifted. They are so anointed. If only, and you know, they're like eight-tenths of the way there. You know, they might believe in, in karma or they might believe in some of these, you know, ideologies which are actually the, you know, the Bible, but they're just a little contorted and deceived. But they're on their way there because everyone's heart somehow is drawn to the heart of God. But we have these misleadings along the way. And so you look at these people and you think, wow, if only they just got, you know, two more tenths of the journey of the gospel of Jesus Christ, they would be so powerful in the kingdom. So powerful in the kingdom. And they would have so much effectiveness. Um, but it's so easy to just stop short of the fullness of the gospel, isn't it? And sometimes we even have barriers in our lives that prevent us from going the full journey of the gospel. Of everything Jesus wants us to have, to believe, to live out. And so I want to explore, explore the contrast this morning of the contrast of the enemy's plan. And the contrast of God's plan. Because I think when we break it up and we look at it in the two contrasts, we begin to see through real clarity the plans of the enemy in our lives and the plans of the Lord in our lives. And so um, you don't have to turn there because I'm just going to reference two verses really quickly. Second Chronicles chapter 16, 9 says this, For the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. Here we see the eyes of the father always captivated by his kids, always captivated by, by us, and always desiring to strongly support us who are for him. I mean, isn't that a great picture? To see the father, doesn't matter what you're going through today. It doesn't matter who's against you right now. It doesn't matter how many weapons you might feel are formed against you, how many bills are piling up, depression, weightiness, relational issues, breakdowns, all this sort of stuff. It doesn't matter how many. The Lord's eyes this morning are on you. And his desire from the Father's heart is to strongly support you, to stand with you. You know, I, I love the term. It's, it's, a, it's another term for the Holy Spirit. And it means advocate. I love that term for the, for the Holy Spirit. Because, you know, there's times in our life when we need different facets of the Godhead. We need different facets. We might be born again, so we don't need salvation right now. We might be healed, so we don't need healing right now. Yet we may not need faith even to believe for things, but we might need an advocate. 
And the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, means the advocate, the one who comes alongside of us. And when you picture that, it's like the Godhead made real for us. No matter what we're going through, the paraclete, the Holy Spirit is our advocate. He's joined to our hip. He's joined to our problems. He's joined to our issues. I still remember, and you never know how he's going to show up. I've told this story before. I realized on Monday night at Supernatural School, I told some business principles, leadership principles, and I think I told six stories, and I've told them all in church many times. So I'm running out of stories, but I'm going to start digging into the archives soon. But I actually, I closed the archives a while ago because I didn't want to go into those dark chambers, but I think I'll have to go back there. But anyway, so I, um, I, I remember when we were facing a real, we were facing insolvency, okay? And we had uh, about $10 million against us. And I had a barrister and lawyers and people like that really coming in and trying to salvage a mediation situation on a project which was crushing us absolutely mercilessly. And so, um, and I was looking for someone who, you know, I'm talking to the project people and lawyers, I'm talking to people to try and, you know, sometimes when you're really in need, you try and find a grace in someone that, that you know, okay, maybe you can help me, maybe you can help me. Well, I was like that with everyone and no one was helping me, it was, I was getting the book thrown at me and, and so, and none of my, you know, little tactics or charms were working. I mean, this was, this was not a good situation and so I remember I got a hold of a barrister and he's, you know, to, I think he has a faith, but not an open faith in the Lord. And, um, but, you know, the Holy Spirit that I needed at that time wasn't some nice, pleasant, um, you know, conciliatory type of lawyer. I needed a bulldog. I needed a bulldog Holy Spirit. And so the advocate that the Lord gave me through the Holy Spirit, he actually told me that this guy is going to be an angel for me. Now, I'm not getting all weird on you, right? I'm not saying he turned into some angel and, you know, all that sort of stuff. But, you know, when he just whispers these weird little things to you and, and you know it's from him. And I remember that. And so I met this guy and he's a short little dude. Um, but I'm telling you, he was a bulldog. And when he was going for it defending me, I didn't care what he said. I didn't say, oh, you better not say that. I said, give them everything. And I'm telling you, when you've got a battle, you need a Holy Spirit that's going to fight for you. And you need, may need to stand with someone who's got a little bit of spiritual aggression. You may need to stand with someone who's going to fight for you, not in a religious way, but in a way that brings the breakthrough, that brings the victory. And it will be the kingdom. It might look a little bit unchurchy or whatever. That's okay. If the Lord is at work, he's at work. And so I, I remember actually sort of stopping judging him and saying, man, he's my advocate right now because I was weak. I didn't have faith. I didn't have those things, but this guy went in to fight for me. And when he was, when he was going for it, I'm sitting there going, this is the version of the Holy Spirit I needed right now. I, I, didn't, need, I didn't need church. I didn't need an altar call. I didn't even need laying on of hands. I needed a physical, practical manifestation of God in a person. And sometimes you are that for other people. And the Bible actually says that, you know, some among us are angels. I mean, I don't know, you know, if that's true here this morning. Uh, it could be. But I'm not saying you don't look like angels. You do. You look amazing. <laughs> but think about it. Think about it. We might have met 
we might have met angels before, but it also could mean, you know, a little illustration could be that, you know, angels actually come and sometimes embody situations and actually come and bring solutions like, like they did in Daniel's situation. And so we can actually see that, wow, who, who's my advocate? Who's my advocate? Ultimately, the desire of the heart of the Father is to come and rescue you and me and prosper us. And actually pro- strongly support us. Strong- I, love that. I love that passage. You know, if you're doubting anything about the Lord and about his heart and his plans for your life, memorize this verse. 2 Chronicles 16, 9. Because the eyes of the Lord are on you this morning. They're on you this morning. And he wants to strongly support your heart, your causes, your finances, your health, your relational situations, your doubts, your fears, your trials, your challenges, all of these things. He wants to bring maybe angelic assistance, maybe an advocate, Holy Spirit, maybe a person that he's going to bring to come alongside of you and lift you up and give you encouragement and give you what you need because the heart of the Father is yearning for your blessing, is yearning so that you would be strongly supported. Isn't that a, just a gorgeous verse? I mean, I don't use that word in a weird way, but it's just an amazing verse. Here's the contrast. This is what the enemy is doing right now. 1 Peter 5, 8. It says, be of sober spirit, be on the alert, because your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Here we see the contrast between God and Satan. And we see that the heart of the Father is to strongly support us and he's to and fro across the earth. The enemy is doing to and fro across the earth like a roaring lion, seeing who he can devour. So when we recognize the plans of the enemy, we recognize, yes, we live in a battle. We have. We have armor. We know about that. We have weapons of warfare. We have prayer. We have worship. We have the word of God. We have faith. We have all these fundamentals. But remember, we have an enemy. Remember, we have an enemy. When we forget we have an enemy, we're vulnerable. This nation right now, in some ways, has forgotten the laws and principles of our God. And is denying some of those things. And the enemy is searching Australia, who he can devour. And if he can manipulate, if he can make, you know, you rarely hear this term, Christophobic. But most of, most of those who call Christians Islamophobic and homophobic and every other phobic, they never realize that they're actually Christophobic. And so what we actually need to recognize is the enemy is trying to make Christians the only group in Australia who have no voice. Who have no voice. Oh, he's not allowed to give your opinion. We'll walk out on parliament if you say something we don't like. If you follow politics, you'll know what I mean. It's disgusting. And so we have to be wise and recognize the enemy is, in a way, he's wise. I don't want to give him credit, but he, he, he's, he's also going to and fro across this nation, seeing who he can devour, who he can manipulate, who he can compromise, who he can bring in the shadows of truth, not truth, but shadows of truth, so that we believe a lesser gospel. We believe in a lesser God. We believe in a lesser word of God and truth of God. And if we can believe a lesser, then we live a lesser, and then we begin behaving a lesser gospel. And we don't want that. We want the pure, absolutely pure stuff, you know, the real deal. I want to give you three areas that... um, I've recognized that the enemy uses 
to actually try and bring some of his confusion into the truth of the heart of the Father. I'll give you the three really quickly. They're disappointment, rejection, and disobedience. The disappointment, this is a really easy one because everyone in life gets disappointed. We all get disappointed. People let us down. Even to some of us, it will seem like God lets us down. And situations let us down. And and these things go wrong. And then at that moment, we have a heart choice. Will we let disappointment affect our lives? Or will we bring disappointment into under the Lord's guiding hand, as hard as it might be? And will we then let him remove it? Will we let him retrain us? If we look at the life of Joseph, Satan used his brothers to put Joseph in the pit. God, in contrast, used the pit, brought him out, and raised him to prominence in in the political arena. And so we can see there the contrasting heart of the Father. And if you look at that for your life, whatever the pit is for you, God wants to bring you out of and promote you in. And and you couldn't do much worse than what happened to Joseph. I mean, his own brothers betrayed him. His own brothers, you know, really killed him and then sold him. I mean, he might as well have just been killed in, in one sense, in an earthly sense. But God used that, the pit experience, to bring promotion. And not just a little promotion, an incredible promotion. The next one, rejection. Rejection is really hard. When we go through rejection, maybe from mum or dad or family members or in a work situation or a school situation, a lot of kids feel a lot of rejection at school and then at university and then maybe in a work situation or or, or broader terms, whatever it might be. Rejection is one of those things that unless we bring it to the Lord, we carry it all our lives, and then we operate out of rejection. And we then learn, we develop these habits to reject those people that have rejected us. So if anyone is in that similar realm to who rejected us, we will then walk out the rest of our lives rejecting that person type. Whether it be authority, father, mother, you know, whatever it is, we will then, our lives will operate out of rejection and we will never release the fullness of the kingdom of what God has for us. We will still believe, we'll still go to heaven, we'll still do incredible things, but there'll always be that little piece of rejection that limits the influence that God wants to give us. Because people with rejection always carry a little bit of that, and and normally there's a reduction of influence. Because, you know, God blesses our talents when we use them wisely, right? We talked about that last week. Look at the life of Daniel. Satan ultimately gets him thrown in with the lions. God then changes that around 180 degrees, gives him supernatural provision and then supernatural prominence, exactly like Joseph's. So whatever your situation might be or my situation, whatever we see as the bad situation is just waiting for God's promotion. It's just waiting for supernatural provision. It's just waiting for our faith to burst forth and say, God, I don't care how bad it is right now. I don't care what it looks like right now. I'm going to believe you. I'm going to operate in the kingdom even though I don't feel like it right now. And I want to ask for your release and your promotion. 
It's a powerful thing. It's what Joseph did. He didn't let go of his faith. He didn't, he didn't I mean, I'm sure he stopped going to church because he was in a pit and then he was a slave. So it wouldn't have been so easy. And then he was in jail. So, you know, it's, it's not even about that. But it's about the core of our being. The core of our being. The heart of man. The heart of man. God loves the heart of man and woman. He loves our heart. And when we are for him, that's what the first the passage says uh, in Second Chronicles 16, 9. The eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth, that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. When our heart is completely his, he's going to rescue you. He's going to bring you through. He's going to solve that relational issue. He's going to solve that debt crisis. Now, maybe he'll do it in a way that you're not expecting. Maybe he'll give you someone who will give you a love slap and say, stop spending money on your credit card. Or, or some little radical thing that will just give you a wisdom that you'll go, wow, that might have just been from God. But normally I would have rejected that because it didn't come in the messenger type that I receive. It wasn't nice and pleasant. Often truths are not nice and pleasant. You learn, have you ever recognized that? You know, we, we had some Skype time with Wayne and Irene this week and it was about an hour or so. And it was, just, it was just amazing the truth that Wayne and Irene speak over us. And, and they just love everyone here. And they really do send their love, by the way. And they're so disappointed they couldn't come. Uh, but for many reasons, they couldn't. And, you know, they, they have a lot, a lot going on over there now. And a lot of very, very prominent leaders going there, getting healing. Uh, you know, some right now there that every single person in the room would know and uh, getting healed up. And so, um, you know, God so blessed us, but the truth, the radical truth that they speak isn't always in the version of truth that we like to receive, but it's what we need. It's what we need. And so we recognize that our deficit needs truth, however he sends it, from good, you know, from good leaders who love us in that sense. And so... It's one of those things that our operating out of rejection will often reject our promotion too. Last thing is disobedience. Peter, we know he, des- he denied Jesus Christ three times. Satan used that as doubt and insecurity and, oh, no, people are pointing fingers at him. Jesus turns that around and builds the church on him. He denies the savior of the church and then God turns it around and says, now you're going to be the rock. You're going to be the one I build my church on. I mean, what is your worst dilemma right now? Watch out where God's going to use you because it might be in that very arena. It might be in that very arena. It might be in that very thing. It might not be the way you've pictured it or I've pictured it. And, you know, I always put myself in this posture because, you know, it's scary talking like this is, oh, no, God, don't do that, you know. But he has a habit of blessing us where we walk out victory. Where we exercise our faith is where he normally promotes us. Because that's where we've learned to gain those victories, not operate out of uh, disappointment rejection, disobedience, but actually turned our hearts to him and say, Lord, you can have all of my heart. Can you strongly support me? Because I need your strong support right now. I can't do this thing on my own. I don't know about you, but there's plenty of times where I actually just look and, and I say, wow, I just literally couldn't do this thing. I mean, even marriage can get hard, can't it? And, you know, family and all this sort of stuff, it can get really, really hard. But for a loving heavenly father who actually strongly supports us, strongly supports us. 
And I mean, I love that kind of analogy. Um, Satan uses all sorts of, all sorts of tactics. I, I really um, love recognizing where he's operating and trying just to put truth into that situation in my own life. Put the word of God in that situation. I'm not going to believe that. I'm not even going to believe that about another person. Because even if it is true, I don't even need to believe that about them. I don't need to be filling my head with those thoughts about that person. They're toxic. They're negative. It's not the gospel. It's not truth. It's not hope. It's not righteousness. It should have no part in my, in my head. And so these sort of disciplines, the word of God brings and flushes through in our spirit, doesn't it? And then I know that he's going to be looking after me. He's going to be looking after me. Romans chapter 2 verse 4 said, says, God's kindness leads you to repentance. When we're walking through maybe some of these situations, maybe disappointment, rejection, disobedience, or maybe it's other situations that are completely out of our control, not even our own fault. When we are faced with these kind of situations, we can either come and run to the Father, run to Jesus with our issues, or we can run from Him. If we run from Him, we run in the orphan spirit, trying to get away from punishment, trying to get away from judgment of a harsh God who just wants to punish us and throw the book at us and make life hard for us. When actually the word of God says it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. So when we have issues, maybe it's sin in our own life, maybe it's habits, maybe it's things that are going wrong, then it's the heart of the father to actually draw us in, not to reject us. Like the prodigal, it's actually the heart of the father to say, come on in. I want to give you some of my affection. And that's what I felt him whisper to me this week, was to actually tell you, and maybe if it was just for one, then it's okay, that's worth it, that his affection is for you. His affection is for you. His heart's affection is for you. And he wants to strongly support you. He wants to promote you. He wants to entrust you. He wants to heal you. He wants to bring about the best in your life. Not just everyone else, but your life. Whatever you're going through right now, if your heart is completely his, he wants to come and strongly support you. His eyes are gazing across the earth. And if you put that in a smaller context, across this room and across the churches of Australia, even this morning, you know, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of churches and Christians are meeting right now, probably bigger than any other group of people in Australia. There's Christians meeting right now, worshiping the name of Jesus. And you don't think his eyes take notice of that? His eyes take notice of that, roaming across the churches and across us as believers, strongly supporting our cause. Who can be against us? Who can come against us when we have the heart of the Father? And even when we stuff up, he's saying, it's my kindness that wants to draw you into repentance. It's not my harshness. It's not my sword and my big gray beard. He probably has a hipster thing now anyway. You know, It's his kindness. It's his kindness. And so even when we do stuff up, the heart of a loving father is saying, come on in. Come on in. Sure, get rid of your crap. Repent. Get rid of that stuff. You've been thinking wrong, talking wrong, acting wrong. But my kindness is enough for you. My kindness. Come in. Bring your repentance. Bring it before the cross of Jesus Christ. Clean your life up and begin to walk as a co-heir of Jesus Christ. I mean, can you get your head around that? I still can't. We're co-heirs with Jesus Christ. I mean, it's, I have to repent right now to even have that thought. 
I mean, it's so far from how we generally operate and think sometimes, but it's the gospel. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we are carriers of the kingdom. So I want us to stand this morning. Thanks, guys. Just close your eyes, and if you need to lay down some disappointments or rejection or disobedience, they're the three things I felt just as I was preparing actually in the bath this morning, to be honest. But anyway, um, <laughs> I was preparing, and um, that's what I felt the Lord said. There's just those three things. I know you pictured me on Thursday all day, slaving out, getting out the concordance and the Bible and just going for it. But, you know, anyway. Um, Lord, just, just clean us up right now. <laughs> Lord, we give you any disappointments. Any disappointments, because you've had far worse. And you've already taken them on the cross. And so we give them to you this morning. Even rejections, those who have rejected us, Lord. We choose to not pass on rejection to everyone else, but we choose to give our rejection that's been done to us to you this morning, Lord Jesus. We thank you that you've taken it all on the cross. And Lord Jesus, any disobedience, any sin in our lives, we thank you that it's your kindness that cleans us up that washes us in the blood and brings about a new, fresh life which helps us maintain purity and cleanliness before you, Lord Jesus. So we give you every bit of sin and disobedience this morning. Lord, we ask that you would wash us in the blood of Jesus Christ as clean and as white as snow. Lord, that you would stir in us a fresh faith to believe again, to see again, to understand again. Lord, that those disappointments will not be the path of the future. They will not be the path of the future, but we choose to walk in grace. We choose to walk in the goodness of God. We choose to repent of those thinking patterns, those methods, and those behaviors, and we now walk as a co-heir with Jesus Christ today, filled with the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Just lift your hands. I just want to pray a blessing over everyone this morning. I can see some shaking, and it's not the manifestation of God. It's coffee um, withdrawals, but, you know. <laughs> Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are our advocate. We thank you that you are the one who comes alongside of us and helps us in every situation. And we ask this morning that you would release upon us an incredible faith to believe again, to see again to hear again, to know you again, to know the fullness of the gospel, to know the fullness that we are co-heirs with Jesus Christ, walking in a kingdom that is unseeable, untouchable, that is more powerful than anything else in this nation, anything else in the nations. And Lord, we stand in faith. We receive every blessing from your hand this morning. Lord, I thank you for your word that says you are looking across us and across this city and nation this morning. And you are ready to strongly support us. Our hearts are for you, Lord Jesus. Our hearts are for you. We ask that you would come, Redeemer. Come, Healer. Come, Savior. Come, Mighty Warrior. Lord, whatever aspect of the Godhead we're needing this morning, we ask that providence would be to those who need it this morning. Wisdom would be bestowed upon us for those who need wisdom. Lord, love for those who need love and grace and power for us to walk out the gospel and stand in faith. Holy Spirit, right now, I pray an infilling of your manifest power 
Right now, Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're our advocate. And we honor you, Holy Spirit. We honor you. We honor you in our lives. I pray that you would fill us again, fill us again, fill us again. Thank you. Ephesians 5.18, go on being filled with the Holy Spirit. Right now, we ask for an infilling, a continual infilling of the presence of God, the presence of Jesus, the presence of the Father through the Holy Spirit, helping us, strengthening us. Lord, I pray for surprising victories this week. That's what I just hear from him. Surprising victories this week. Let him be your advocate. Let him be your advocate. Surprising victories, and it will be the Holy Spirit. Recognize it in in all sorts of different ways and even different people. Holy Spirit, we just ask you to move powerfully this week. Powerfully this week. Powerfully this week in all sorts of situations and relationships and decisions. We pray that you would be such our wise counsel and infill us with power. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We give you all the great glory, all the honor, Lord Jesus, for everything good you're doing. I pray that you would bless our coming, that you would bless our going, bless our health, bless our finances, bless our relationships. Help us to walk as Jesus walked. Help us to listen and see what the Father is doing. And we pray that you would release the kingdom in and through us. In Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. Thanks for joining us on the Harvest Australia podcast. For more information and events in the life of Harvest Australia Church, please visit harvestaustralia.org.